Thank you for being on my podcast. We're going to have a great time. I hope. I mean, I, I know we will. Um, <laughs> actually, good morning to you. Yes, good morning. Because <laughs> it is 11 a.m. here. Yeah, 9 o'clock here. It's like my bedtime. Um, on today's episode of Barbells and Bullshit, we have Julina. Thank you for being here. I hope I pronounced your name right. I think I did, right? My name is pronounced Yelena, so with a soft J. Oh. Uh, no, it's I an Eastern that. European name. Yeah. That's so interesting. What does it mean? Um, so I, I'm pretty sure it's actually derived from Helena and then Helen. So basically mm-hmm. Helen of Troy. So my, my face can launch a thousand ships. Um, okay. It's apparently that pretty, which is why I'm on a podcast where you can't see me. <laughs> All right, I can I can imagine. I can imagine. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, today we're really not gonna be talking about lifting at all. If it comes up, that's fine, but I don't t- we're gonna be talking about everyone's favorite topic, relationships and how to navigate them and how not to navigate <laughs> them and anything and everything in between. <laughs> um so I just wanna open up with this and figure out where I wrote it what a okay so I'm just gonna open up (laughs) with this so before we get into the meat of today's episode do you want to talk about yourself a little bit just like introduce to everyone who you are in as much or as little detail as you would like yeah sure so I'm Yelena um I live in Sydney at the moment and um, I mean, I've lived here pretty much since I was four years old. I'm originally from former Yugoslavia. I'm currently a student and I'm doing my master of research in organic chemistry. And yeah, um, obviously the way that I know Lara's from um, uh, powerlifting, um, it's how I know a lot of people, I guess. But yeah, that's just, I guess, a little summary about me and who I am. That's great. Why organic chemistry? Um, oh, it was the absolute weirdest thing. I went to uni thinking that I wanted to do medicine and like a pre-med type thing. And once I got in there, I just, um, I started hating, I guess, biology and stuff like that more and more and liking chemistry just so much. Um, and the more I did it, the more I was like, actually, this is kind of cool. And I'm also kind of good at it. Yeah. So I just, um, perpetually at uni now, um, thinking of doing my PhD next year as well. Um, good for you so that's gonna yeah it's gonna be fun it's gonna be hell but it's gonna be fun (laughs) yeah and then like what do you want to do after um look I I haven't quite decided because academia (laughs) is a really good avenue um but it's also really intense and it's pretty difficult to find jobs in Australia in academia but also you know there's there's plenty of jobs going and like I guess radiochemistry forensic chemistry and things like that afterwards that you would usually need a PhD qualification for so I guess I'll just wait and see. PhD is three to four years. So I've got plenty of time to, I guess, make my mind up and see what I like. Yeah, that's a good answer. Um, yeah. I used to actually want to get my PhD in like history. And then I actually got really, really, really tired of like reading and writing and research. And I was like, I don't want this anymore. Because it's like you're you're literally going to be stuck in a library for hours and hours and hours, and you're basically especially for history. Yeah, you're basically just summarizing 
everything that's like already been found so like what's the point there's no point <laughs> there's literally no point so yeah, I, I yeah I, I honestly kind of waste my life I couldn't even imagine how much reading and writing is actually involved yep. in doing a PhD in something like history yep um because it's literally you're just reading and reading to find something new something that people yep. maybe have misinterpreted or haven't found in the right way and I just yeah like reading is my least favorite part um of what I do I like being in the lab and making things you know that's very much my thing um just like writing papers I would just struggle so much because I would be done in like one quarter of the requirement that would be like uh, (laughs) needed for the assignment like if something if the professor required like 10 to 15 pages I would be done in like two pages and I'm like I don't I don't know what else to write like I really don't and I think that's so annoying because like if you can say what you have to say in a very concise manner why make it difficult I honestly I agree completely I think often people like to put as much information as humanly possible on a piece of paper and I don't always agree that that's necessary I think that a lot of the time if you can say something really simply or in fewer words why wouldn't you yeah yeah um yeah. And, you know, you, you don't have to define every single thing. The average reader is going to know certain things. Like, you, you don't have to tell most people that World War II happened, you know? Yeah. It did. Like, most people know that. Yeah. Yeah. And for the people who don't know that, I don't know how you don't know that. I'm sorry for you. <laughs> yeah. I, oh. I have heard of some people who didn't know that there were World Wars before, um, which is pretty. That's, that's crazy. I, like, it's, if you go through yeah. any schooling system, surely you've heard about it. Yep. It, <laughs> surely. Yeah, it, it's the world war, so of course. Yeah, um, it kind of affected a lot of people, so it's weird not to know. But I guess, you know. Yeah. You do you. <laughs> Whatever works. But anyway, that's enough about exactly. people. Like, I don't want to talk already. <laughs> um, let's pivot. How long have you been lifting? Um, so consistently for about three, just just over three years. And powerlifting for about two years now, actually. I think it's coming up to my two-year anniversary of starting. Oh, wow, that's so cool. I just passed my two-year anniversary. Oh, like, so we started around the same time. Yeah, I didn't even realize until, like, I looked in my um, Instagram archives. And they yep. were me that, like, I posted this a year ago. I was like, wow, I didn't even know. Time flies. Time really flies. It, it really does. I honestly oh. thought I would have made a lot more progress in two years. <laughs> Oh to be God. honest. I don't even want to think about that. I really don't want to think about that. <laughs> no, I'm just like, some people are like, I've been powerlifting for six months and they're already like top of their weight class in the country. And I'm just like, how? Yeah. How did you do yeah. this? Good for them. Strike Good on them. Absolutely. Jackpot <laughs> and this and that. To pivot again, I feel yeah. like a lot of people struggle with maintaining and developing relationships. And I think that can be attributed to a lot of things, but I think the main factor would be laziness and people not realizing that these relationships run on like two-way streets. It's as harsh as it sounds, it's like give and take. Like, what are you going to give to me? What are like, and what am I going to take from you? Like, um, I, I agree yeah. completely like you can't see but I I was just like nodding my head so much while you were saying yeah. that yeah. um I I think that a lot of people their idea of a good relationship is just two people who fit together really well and while that is partly true 
you still have to put in effort. And I think that sometimes people just aren't prepared for that effort. Like no one, I don't think anyway, is going to perfectly gel with your life in every way, shape or form. Like sometimes you both communicate differently. Sometimes you have different hobbies that just don't mesh well together, you know, and there is always going to be effort on both parts. It needs to happen. It's not just like one person makes a sacrifice for the other. It's you're both going to have to meet in the middle repeatedly again and again over multiple different things. And that's, yeah, that's where I think um, a lot of disconnects happen is when you're just not willing to do that kind of meeting in the middle. Yeah. And then sometimes, you know, somewhat, maybe someone might be going through something. Maybe someone is like a little extra busy. Maybe someone is, you know, preoccupied with like a little bit more than they usually have. And like, that's when the other person has to step up a little bit. But if that's always the case where the other person is always having to step up again and again and again, it gets mentally exhausting and draining and like no one really wants to deal with that yeah absolutely I actually something that I've really frequently talk about in relationships is this idea of percentages that your relationship always demands a hundred percent and each person ideally is giving 50 50 but sometimes if someone is say being hammered at work and the other person is having a pretty easy time or maybe they're on leave or something and they have extra you know, they have extra mental capacity to give, you can kind of pivot that and you can go, okay, well, maybe for a week or two, it's 75-25, like I'm going to do heaps more than I usually would because I know that my partner is not having a great time and I know that they need it right now. Um, But like you said, if, if that's a consistent thing and that's a recurring thing that keeps happening, that's when one person doesn't feel appreciated and the other one just ends up taking and taking from the other person and you're not going to have a good time. And like this isn't just um, affecting romantic relationship, like it's friendships and family and all like everything, like just mm. someone who's your boyfriend or, or your girlfriend or like your partner doesn't mean that they're going to get more from you than like a friend would. Mm. And, and then, I yeah. think a lot of time people might might take friendships for granted like that as well. Like how yeah. often do some people only hit you up when they have a problem or when they have oh like yeah. when they've just broken up with their partner or something and they're suddenly like, oh, hey, let's invest more time into friendship or something. And it's like, well, no, you have to also nurture that. Um, obviously acquaintances and friends that don't live nearby, it's probably a bit different. But if you've yeah. got those close friends who, you know, you'll only see when it's convenient for you. It's also just not, it's not a vibe, you know? Yep. Or like when someone only hits you up when they need something, when they need a favor. That's Yeah, that's like, oh, I'm moving this weekend. Um, I know we haven't oh, spoken in 10 months, me? but <laughs> you're strong, um, right? You can move no, things. I'm not strong like that. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, sorry, have you seen my arms? Or actually, <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, so something that really bugs me is when mm-hmm. you meet up with someone and the first thing out of their mouth is like, oh, my God, we haven't, like, talked in so long. Or, like, yo, you never talk to me anymore. Or you haven't hit me up in, like, this amount of time. And it's I like, have you? There. Have you yeah. hit me up? <laughs> I know. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, why did you let all that time pass without saying anything? Like, you have my number. Yeah. You have my, like, Instagram. You know where I live. Like, you can, you can, like, you know, you can, you can do something. You don't have to wait for me. Yeah, and it becomes very fatiguing to be the, yeah. the first person to hit people up constantly. You start to kind of go, I'm just, I'm just not going to make this effort. Like, I'm just going to wait for them to hit me up. And sometimes, like, they just won't until they need something. And that's, that's really upsetting. Um, yeah. 
I think about that a lot because that's kind of like a double-edged sword. If mm. you're always the one who's hitting people up, that kind of like stings because you're always the one hitting people up. But if you don't, yeah. then no one is going to like, you know, reach out to you. And then that's also going to sting because like now you don't get to spend time with the people that you want to spend time with. So like, yeah, either way, you're like basically screwed. Yeah, it becomes like a bit of a which kind of hard do you pick? Do you pick yeah. being the person who's always initiating or do you just pick being a little bit lonely sometimes um which I don't think either is good but it is yeah I don't blame people for I guess making either choice if they have to you know yeah so personally personally I've I don't know how this has happened but I think me being like the eldest sister in my family has something to do with it I think it has to have something to do with it but that's my role like I'm the planner I'm the coordinator I'm the one who like you know makes all the decisions and like it's fine because like I guess someone has to do it right but like if it's Mm. always the same person that's a lot of responsibility and that's a lot of like weight to deal with yeah I so it's funny because I'm I'm the youngest um of so I just have one sibling and I'm the youngest but I have a very similar personality I like to very much um like I don't mind being the planner because I like I like to, I guess, you know, control things like where are we going to eat? Where are we going to meet up? Yeah. You know, how close is it to everyone? Because I find a lot of those things, I don't know, just come naturally to me, I guess. Um, but at the same time, yeah, sometimes I'm just like, wouldn't it just be nice to not have to think, to just turn up and just be like, ah, oh, I'm here Yeah, at this nice time and someone else is pre-booked. Too. Yeah. Be, yeah, like if I would love it if people sh- told me just like, you know, show up here at this time and like that's all I have to do. That's great. Just show up. Mm lovely but Um, I think also at the same time if somebody like I don't know got a restaurant that I don't like to eat at or where I can't eat food because I do have some dietary requirements or they booked it and it's like really far away from where I live and it's really close to them I would also be like hmm this is why I book things isn't it this is this is why I'm the planner just making sure it's like accessible to everyone I usually just go for like a halfway point yeah somewhere where you can meet easily or like for me because um Sydney is kind of it's on like the eastern coast the the city anyway and so a lot of people will live maybe out west up north down south and so in the city is a pretty good meeting spot because everyone then has to travel even though there might be like a closer distance technically but that's just a good one because it's easy to get to all the train lines go there and things like that yeah you just you think about these things I don't know maybe we're just always going to be the planners yeah maybe maybe that's like our predetermined <laughs> curse or whatever um yeah right. it could be worse things. yeah there, there's <laughs> a lot of worse things that could be the case a bunch of people submitted some questions and I have them written down mm-hmm. and I'm just gonna like okay. them off and then we'll end up talking about whatever we talk about <laughs> beautiful yeah so the first one is how do people not get tired of their romantic relationship? That's a wow. really good one, huh? Yeah. I That's a really that. good one. I think about that a lot because, I... yeah, right now I'm single. And sometimes I'm like, yeah. do I really want to be in a relationship? Like, do I really want to come home to the same person every mm. single day? I have a couple of different thoughts on this. And I, unfortunately, I don't have an answer. Um, is the first thing I want to say, <laughs> because I think that I, I think that most things in life are really, really nuanced. 
And, you know, some people can literally just make that snap decision to go, I'm content in spending the next, what, 50, 60 years with the same person. I don't think that I'm like that. You know, I see a relationship of like four or five years as a successful relationship. If it ends, it was still a successful relationship because you made that work for a really long period of time. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think that the be all end all in life is getting married and having children. I, you know, I, I'm not certain that I want to get married, you know, um, there's like, because it's quite easy to just, well, it's not easy, but it's a lot easier to end a relationship or to move on if you're not married as well. Um, but you know, there, there could be multiple people out there for you and, I don't know, to expect one person to make you happy every single day for the rest of your life, I honestly think is a bit of a reach because um, they won't, you know. You need, you still need other people in your life. You still need other relationships. Um, I'm sure we all know people who have been in just one really intense relationship where, like, they love each other so much but they don't spend time with anybody else and it just becomes very toxic very quickly and I I feel like that that always happens when people don't have other healthy relationships outside of their relationship as well yeah it's like they make their whole like partner their personality and I'm like what else is there to you like there's there's other stuff there's other stuff that that you did before them like absolutely and you have your friends you have your family like this person is not your world yeah it's kind of like when a new song comes out and you absolutely fall in love, but then you listen to it over and over again. Of course, you're going to get sick of it because yeah. that's all you're experiencing. You need to listen to other songs as well. That's that's not me saying cheat on your partner, by the way. That's just me <laughs> saying have other relationships. Um, <laughs> just in yeah. case anybody out there is listening and writing down and going, gotta cheat on everyone. <laughs> um, do, you, do you think that once a cheater, always a cheater? Um, I don't, I don't, but I think that if people are doing it later in life or if they're doing it consistently, like if they've cheated on like two or three people or something, I do think then you probably have some kind of a compulsion or some, just some kind of a thing that you, you realistically probably need, need some therapy for. Um, but I think people who maybe cheated like when they were really young, I tend to kind of give people a pass if they tell me that, if it was like years ago and they feel bad about it. I don't know. I feel like you can usually tell. Whereas if someone is doing it and they're like 30, 40, I'm just like, why? Why are you? Because you can like, you know better. You should know better. You can leave. Yeah. I feel like it depends. It does. I I don't know. Like I really never know how to answer this question. But I think my answer would be you can't really pass judgment unless you know like a hundred percent of the whole story and I think that's exactly. problematic because I think no one will ever know a hundred percent of the whole story there's always going to be versions yeah, of yeah. you're always hearing one person's yeah. version of what happened yeah I agree I think um I think that for some people it's true and for some people it's totally not like I do think some people would cheat once or something and then not do it again and I also think that there are some people who absolutely just are compelled to do it for whatever reason yeah and like sometimes I even put myself in like that situation where I'm like if someone that I was with for like a significant part of my life treated on me would I Mm. take them back and like even in that situation I'm like if this person was with me for like four or five six seven years how hard would it be to be like you know screw you go away like 
I mean, we're human, right? Like that's, that's a long time that you've known someone. It is. I think it, it would be hard to just like ignore all of your history and just be like, peace out. I, yeah, I, I know people um, who have been on the receiving end of something like this and with very wildly different reactions to some people who just kind of went, it's okay. Like we'll stay together. It was a mistake. It was a one-time thing. And I, I mean, I obviously, again, I didn't know the whole situation, but I respected the hell out of that decision because I'm just like, that takes so much internal strength to be able to forgive somebody for that and to be able to be secure enough in yourself that you can forgive somebody for that. And then I also know people who the second they found out, they were like, "Ah, fuck you, get out of here. And it's like, you know, both are really, really valid. Both are very personal choices, but it's just like I... Yeah, it would just be really, really tough. It would be so tough, uh, almost like an impossible decision. Or for some people, I guess they just, you know, do what comes naturally and what they feel at that time based on their person and based on how they told them, I guess, what they knew. Um, like I said, everything is so nuanced. It's very it's very difficult to discuss some of these things as like a yeah. broader sense because every situation is so specific to the individuals. I think you should, at the end of the day, just go with your gut. Yeah. Like if you feel like this person has potential to do better, just, you know, give them another chance. And if they screw that up, then yes, be like, like you get away. Yeah. From yeah. I, it's, it's also funny. Cause I, in my head, I'm kind of like, I would just, I would not forgive someone for that. I yeah. would just be like, yeah, fuck off. But in the moment you have no idea how you're actually going to respond. Yeah. And it could be very different than what I think I yeah. would do. It could be a lot harder. Um, And I'm sure it would be if you've known someone for like, like you said, like six or seven years and they tell you, you've spent a really large portion of your life with the same person. How would you, like, what would you do? Yeah. That's that's six birthdays. That's six anniversaries. That's six Christmases. That's. Yeah. Yeah. It's still, it could be six very happy years. You maybe don't want to throw that away just because somebody made a mistake, you know? Mistakes happen. Yeah. Absolutely. But then like on the same token like why are you making that type of mistake so I feel like it's like gonna be like a never-ending thing absolutely because there's there's also a lot of choices that go into that kind of mistake it's not it's not so much a mistake as a series of bad choices that you make you know you can't accidentally cheat on someone it's a very purposeful thing that you're doing yeah um yeah I accidentally hit this person yeah, or whoops, oh, yeah. accidentally fell what on this person. <laughs> <laughs> it just, it just doesn't, it just doesn't happen. Like you put yourself in that situation and regardless of like, I don't buy the whole like, oh, but I was drunk. I wasn't thinking like, no, nah, that's, you put yourself in those situations. It doesn't, it's not an excuse. Yeah. I yeah. think being drunk or intoxicated or high or whatever is not an excuse for shitty behavior. I believe that y- you could be like out of your mind blasting. You're still going to know like mm-hmm. what is right and wrong. I hate that. Absolutely. A- like, I hate that so much. Like I have never in my life. And keep in mind, I grew up in Australia, right? We are known for drinking. I just want to make that very clear. Okay. But I have never in my life been so drunk that I just didn't know what was what, where I didn't know right from wrong. Like, yes, you can sometimes have the room spinning, but you still know what's yeah right and what's wrong. 
like you still you're still usually able to make vague judgment calls and you still are able to go no I don't want that or just you know at the very least like even if you don't have the right judgment to be polite to somebody because I do recall a time when I was younger um a guy trying to take advantage of me when I was drunk and I literally was just like get away from me and obviously back then afterwards when when I thought about it I was like oh that's that that was maybe a bit aggressive whereas now that I'm older I'm like no I think he actually deserved it yeah I think he actually I I could have been maybe a bit meaner um absolutely be mean to boys I support it (laughs) (laughs) I do too (laughs) um but yeah like I'm thinking of this one story my friend like one of my friends and if they're listening they're gonna know it's them has this tendency to like just say whatever they want and the next day they'll be like oh I was drunk and one time they did something and it was just it was disgusting and when I heard about it I was like yo what are you doing like you you should not be acting like that no matter what and Mm. I just it's just an excuse it's just an excuse for bad behavior and no one should tolerate it absolutely I just, I also think that like, you know, if you're out and you maybe have people flirting with you and you feel like you might do something, you can always choose to drink less as well. Yeah. Um, No one is holding a bottle to your mouth and like making you drink it. You're choosing to become drunk. Yeah. You, it is a choice you make. Granted, sometimes it it just hits you and you don't realize, Um, which I've definitely had that happen a couple of times in my life, but I still, you know, have the sense of, oh, now I realize I should probably stop. Um, but that's also me. And I'm, I'm not a big drinker, especially not, not now. Maybe when I was younger, I was, um, but especially now I'm just kind of like, ah, I just don't like it. I don't like feeling hungover. It also makes me feel a bit sick. So I'm a social drinker. I think I'll have like maybe one or two drinks a month. I had some wine yesterday, and like I I'm also a lightweight so like what I do to like prevent (laughs) prevent like making a mess is like I'll have an Advil like right before and then I'll I'll make sure I have a ton of water and a ton of Gatorade and then I'll have an Advil like the the morning I wake up just to like make sure I'm good and that usually works that's some really good pre-planning and I wish that I had that kind of foresight but I absolutely do not (laughs) and it's literally just for one or two drinks so Okay. Like I'm, I'm a super, super, super lightweight. I, I just tend to have like seltzers were a game changer. Um, Cause it's, it's, it's like you're drinking water. Like granted, they usually don't taste the best. Um, although I did actually have one last night um, and yeah, just tasty and also a bit of water in you. So it's kind of nice. Keeps you, I don't know. I never feel bad off those. So I quite, I quite like those as a drink of choice. Yeah. I've been um, exploring red wine. Like I just got into wine. Um, oh, okay. I don't like it. I like it. It doesn't taste that bad. Beer is disgusting. No one, I know, no one likes beer. It tastes like dirt to me. Um, beer, I, yeah. I genuinely have conversations with, with people who like beer because I go, no. there is no way that the first time you tried that, you went, mm, "That is good." Yeah. There is no way. I just don't believe it. I think it's one of those. So when I. I started drinking wine because of a job, actually, when I was younger. Um, I think I was like 21 or 22 or something, and I was working uh, in an office with women who were about 28, 29, and I didn't want them to see me as juvenile or anything, but I really didn't like the taste of wine. 
um, and they would go out every Friday afternoon for some drinks. And I would just force myself to drink wine because I was like, they're doing it. I have to do it. You can't be the one who orders like a vodka soda lime or something. You have to just suck it up and get a wine. And I, I ended up getting a taste for it because I had it just every week. That was just, they loved their red wine. And I ended up getting a taste for it and I ended up actually enjoying it where now I can have a glass and go, mm, that's actually really tasty or mm, that really pairs well with some food. <laughs> um, but it's so funny that I thought, I had to force myself to like it. And I wonder if other people do the same because I think that beer would be one of those things where a lot of people at first they didn't like it, but they grew a taste for it over time. Or maybe because it's cheap. Maybe, I, I don't know. I'm not, that I'm could, not a drinker. I wouldn't know. Well, do, do you guys have goon over there or what? something similar? Like uh, <laughs> we, we call it goon. It's like boxed wine and it's dirt cheap. Um, um yeah, I think that was a fad like a while ago. We might still have yeah. it. I'm not sure. They have they have some really really cheap things at the bottle shop or the bottle o, as we call it. But I'm aware a lot of people listening might be American. Um, the bottle shop. <laughs> um, yeah, we have like boxed wines that just go crazy, especially at younger parties because it's it is it's it's so cheap um and you get a whole box I forget how much is in one but it's it's a lot of wine um and when I say wine I use that term really really loosely it's barely wine and it doesn't taste very good but cheap cheap yeah Um, have you ever had a espresso martini I think I had one when I was so my my problem was my taste buds I don't think grew in until I was maybe like in my mid-20s and so I, everything that I tried when I was younger, I pretty much hated most things. And I think an espresso martini was one of those things that I tried when I was like freshly 18 or 19 or something and I could drink for the first time. And I think I tried it and I hated it. But I don't think that I would hate it now. Hmm. It can make me want to like make one or something actually. I'm actually not a Is, fan. I've only no? had it once or twice and both times I like couldn't finish it. It tasted like nail polish remover to me with, like, a little bit of coffee in it. Uh, okay. That doesn't yeah. sound super appealing. So now, like, I just go for, like, vodka sodas and, or, like, wine or that's it. I'm very simple, very basic. Yeah. I do think your your options are good options. I love a good vodka soda line, but I do sometimes feel so old ordering one. Um, I don't know why. It's such a classic drink. Like, like, you can never go wrong with it. They're also tasty. And if they yeah. do, like... If they get the ratio right and they give you a fresh lime, it's beautiful. I did have one once where they gave me lime syrup instead of a lime, Ew. and that was disgusting. It ended up being so sweet and so sugary. It tasted just like a fizzy drink. Um, it was uh, – yeah. hated it. Like an alcoholic Sprite 7-Up. So- kind of like a really concentrated 7-Up is what I would say. Ooh, yeah. That does not yeah. happen. No. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so the next question – what are your pet peeves? And I'm not sure in, if they meant like just in general or when it comes to relationships and friends and partners. I guess let's go relationships and partners okay. if that is what we're talking about yeah. today and we've been talking about drinking a bit too much maybe. Um, <laughs> I guess pet peeves, it's honestly, it's so individual because I will see someone do something and I'll just be like, I didn't know I hated that, but now I hate that. Yeah. Um, but in general, it's just communication issues. Um, and I, I really hate people who 
communicate in either a passive or an aggressive or a passive aggressive way. And I say that as someone who does probably lean a bit more towards the aggressive side um, as well. And I know that that's like something that I need to work on, but I think, yeah, I just, I don't do well with people who do things like yelling with people who don't talk about their problems who are a bit more passive about it and have to like let you guess what the issue is. I guess at the end of the day, I really just like open communication um, above a lot of things. Like I just think it's so, so important. And anytime that somebody doesn't get open communication or their style of communication is just like, you know, yelling at somebody or is just saying things like, oh, well, I guess you don't like me then. After, you know, just like a random, yeah, I just, I, I, I can't deal with those things. And it just, nothing makes me back away from a person more. And that can literally be in friendship, in a partnership, in whatever. I just, communication is such a big one. I'm just, I'm very open. I'm very honest about a lot of things. And I just, yeah, I pretty much just always expect the same. Yes. What about you? Oh my God. Um, there's so many, so many. <laughs> there's, so, um, there's so many things that I could list here, honestly. <laughs> yeah. But my biggest one was like the the not reaching out and then complaining that you don't reach out. That's something that I yeah. struggle with a lot in my personal life. And I'm trying to like, you know, not take it as seriously anymore. Um, I think a big one is just general cleanliness. And the absolute biggest one for me is oral hygiene um that might sound like such an obvious one but even just not flossing really gets me um really really gets me and like I can tell I can tell pretty quickly and I just ugh. um but also like when you go to someone's place and if their place just is very dirty or if their bathroom has like an I'm like if their bathroom has mold, that's really gross. Like that's, how do you live in that? How do you live in that environment and not just like clean or I don't know, um, hair getting everywhere. Like whether it's like, you know, long hair, just getting in like a sink or something, uh, which is probably something that I struggle with as well. Cause my hair gets everywhere, but I try to clean it up when I can. Um, or like men shaving or something and then just shaving bits just everywhere. Ugh, just, disgusting or not putting the toothpaste cap back on ah that's have I ever encountered that I don't think I have thankfully that sound that's like why would you that's such a small thing to do yeah like it's It's so small less than a second to do it so I I live with my family and like we share a bathroom with my sister she does that all the time and I'm like yo you need to stop (laughs) like just put the freaking cap back on please they also sell toothpastes that like don't have the cap that comes on. You just like flick it on and off. Just buy that one. That's um, that's the one that, that I have. And I'm just like, how like it's it's just so easy. You don't even have to turn. You just flick and that's it. It's done. Yeah. Do you know what actually? You yeah. bring up a very good point. And it's pe- people who you know when you have like a small thing that you get upset about. So yeah. for example, it, it could be like the toilet paper being around the right way. Um, and we're not here to argue about which way is the correct way, but going over is the correct way. But if somebody else just doesn't <laughs> care and they're like, I just don't see it as an issue, that's something that bugs me. Because if someone else doesn't see something as an issue and someone else does see something as an issue, then the person who doesn't see it as an issue should be the one to accommodate the person who does see something as an issue, you know, especially if it's something yeah. small like that. I think that that's also where a lot of relationships 
can break down is by somebody just not acknowledging things that upset another person because you just don't understand how they upset them. But it's not about that. It's about, again, it's about meeting in the middle. And sometimes meeting in the middle is just, if it doesn't upset you and you don't care either way, do it the way that your partner wants. Yeah. And if you don't know what way your partner wants, ask them. Yeah. Well, they'll they'll probably tell you. They don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Just honestly, it's just effort. I think this really goes back to what you said in the beginning about laziness. Um, you, you have to put in a little bit of effort and sometimes it's really not that much. It's just about you wanting to put in the effort. Uh, cause like putting toilet paper around the right way or putting a lid back on toothpaste is really easy. Those are really easy things to do, but if you don't do them, it could genuinely make someone feel like you don't care about them as well. Okay. Yeah. So my answer to this question would be yes, not understanding the person's, the other person's love language. Or at least that's such a big make, one not trying to make an effort to understand this person's love language and loving them in that language so for yeah. me i i think my love languages are, are like either flipping between words of affirmation and quality time yeah and i think i show it through quality time and i like to receive it through words of affirmation and when okay. when people don't do it for me and i'm like yo, do you hate me now? Like, why, why don't you love me? <laughs> yeah, though, yeah. Like, rationally, I know that's not true. Yeah. But, you know, like, the truth isn't always going to feel like reality and the reality is not always going to feel like truth. Especially yeah. when it comes to, like, things like this, which can get, like, really complicated and really just messy. Yeah, I... It, it also really sucks sometimes when you see somebody like and this is basically from my own personal experience is you know my my love language is like above all else is quality time it's so far in the lead above the others and I had a partner who um their love language was um acts of service and so they when when I was having a bad time they would do things like the dishes or they would clean up the house or something and it it really sucked because to them they were putting in the most effort they were doing so much for me but to me I just didn't feel loved because I'm like what I need is time though what I need is is a bit of time spent together and for that to be quality time and it goes to show that sometimes that when you don't understand another person's it can lead to both you feeling like you've done so much, you've put in so much effort, why is this person not appreciating it? And the other person being like, why are they not, like, they don't love me, they don't care about me. And both sides of that situation really suck and it just comes down to a little bit more communication and talking about that. And, yeah, just really understanding what their love language is. And I I actually want to take this as an opportunity to say to the men out there, your love language is probably not physical touch and physical mm-hmm. touch is not what you think it is. It's not. Yeah. Because so how many people do you meet where they're like, oh, yeah, physical touch is my love language? It's like, no, that doesn't mean sex. That's not yeah. what that means. It means like a hand on your thigh. It means holding hands when you're out in public. It means an arm around someone's shoulder. It does not mean sex, Okay. Yep. Just, 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 just to put that out it can, there. It can be very innocent. It can, it can just yeah. be a really nice hug. 
Like that's yeah. that's all some people want, just to be hugged, yeah. not to be like harassed. Absolutely. Or some people just want to like, you know, when you're lying on the couch together to just be like in contact with you um, at all time. And like, that's, that's what that is. It's yeah. It's, it really bugs me when people think that it's a, uh, it's something else because it's not. And I think that those people who their love language is actually physical touch. They probably, I reckon they actually have a really hard time because people automatically assume that they just want more when all they want is just like a hug sometimes or a kiss and that that to just be it oh okay next question Mm. what are some signs of a toxic friendship we kind of touched on this in the beginning but like if you can did else oh there's so many Um, jealousy let me oh yeah jealousy and jealousy oh my god it's not always going to be obvious majority very true it's not obvious Majority of the time, yeah. the people who are, like, your haters are the ones that you love the most. That's very true. And they're yeah. secretly maybe hoping for you to fail. Yeah. I think a toxic friendship can also be one where you don't talk about how you're feeling. <laughs> and what what I mean by that is, like, if you've been friends for years and you're, like, best friends and you don't actually talk about how you feel or you maybe just bring out the worst in each other, I think that's a little bit toxic. I think that you should you should always, when you're friends with someone, you should always be thinking about how they might feel about something. Um, like, I don't know, say that someone is going through a really tough time, say that um, they've had a death in the family or something, say that they're going through a breakup. All those things can be really tough. And if you don't ask them how they're feeling, like why? You don't just want to completely avoid all of their emotions. You want to actually ask them how they're doing and maybe even reach out to them. And more than just let me know if you're okay or let me know if you want to talk, but actually speaking to them. Because let me know if you want to talk. That to, to me, people say that constantly and it's just I never see it as a real thing. Um, yeah. I always just, I prefer just anything else, just somebody going, hey, noticed you're having a hard time. Um, why don't we meet up for coffee or something? Because that just says they're putting in just a crumb of effort and just, yeah, that just immediately you feel safer. You feel like they actually are thinking about you. They're thinking about how you might be feeling and they actually do want to see if you're okay. Yeah. So yeah, that's basically what I said is like when people just say something as low, um, I'm, oh my God, what's the word? Low effort as let me know that's lazy. Yeah. That's lazy. It is. Trying to like, I guess, sweep it under the rug. Like, you know, I did my job as a friend telling them, you know, just let me know if you want to talk. That's it. And it's like they're it. doing the bare minimum and it's like, oh, did you really do anything though? No, you didn't. Yeah. You're just ticking off a box to say, oh, I was a supportive friend to make yourself feel better, honestly, instead of to make yeah. the other person feel better. Yeah. Another sign of toxic friendship is them not proving their actions to you or not them like saying a ton of stuff to you and then when it comes time to prove it they're nowhere to be found oh yeah like oh like you're one of my best friends I love you I care about you you're important to me I support you blah 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 but then you know like when you're going through something or when you haven't heard from them from them in a while or when you have like this really crazy thing going on in your life where are they Mm. they haven't quite proven that they that they actually meant any of those things. They're they're all talk and no game, basically. Yeah, 
And I feel like a lot of people in this world are all talk, myself included sometimes. Like, I'm gonna, I'm not hmm. gonna like um, give myself a pass. Like, sometimes I do think that I'm all talk. Hmm. And I try not to. I really try to make like a constant, honest effort to like, you know, walk the walk, walk the talk and talk the walk. I just yeah. staying up, but you guys know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, mean, I yeah, because everybody at the end of the day, we do all have our own individual problems as well that we have to face. And I do think that sometimes people genuinely do mean the best when they say things like, you know, I care about you so much. Please, like. Um, just know that I love you and that I'll be there for you. And then sometimes you're like, well, I really need someone and they're just not here for me. But I do also think that sometimes that's not entirely their fault as well. Like there's also, again, and it's that two-way street. Have you spoken to them and told them that you're having a tough time? Have you spoken to them and told them that you need them right now? Um, Because I know for me, that's something I struggle with a lot is telling my friends that I'm not doing well and that I need some emotional support. And that's something that I still work on constantly because I feel like it's a lot easier to talk to just like one person or maybe like just dump everything on like a therapist or something. But sometimes you also just do need your friends to know so that they can be there for more support because everyone's busy, everyone has their own lives. But the second that you know that your friend is struggling, you probably will honestly like drop a lot of things and go, I'm going to be there for them. I'm going to spend some extra time with them. We're going to go out a couple of times this month. Like, you put in a little bit more effort. So yeah, sometimes you do just have to take that plunge though and just actually let them know that you need them. A mm. little bit of effort honestly can go a very, very, very long way. Absolutely. Yep. But on both parts, always. Both parts. Yeah. So next, oh, I like this question. Should the guy always pay on a date? No. No? Absolutely not. That's <laughs> that's some 1950s <laughs> shit right there. <laughs> That's so, um, yeah, I don't really have anything else to say for that one. Just no. Also, like, what happens when there aren't two men in, when when there isn't a man involved in the relationship? Do you mm. think two women are just going to get up and leave without paying? Like, what? Okay. I think I, that the person who asked is the one who should pay. I'm okay with that. Um, however, I do still feel like there is a big... Um, there is a big thing about men also asking women on dates. Um, and so I do still feel like they still have to pay a lot of the, the, the time. I'm honestly always super happy to split things or I'm also a big fan of going to like dinner and then dessert and one gets dinner, one gets dessert, that kind of thing, you, yeah. you know, um, where you just, you split things. Maybe one person pays like 10 bucks more, but if one person's getting everything, I do think that that's a bit like, come on. Um, however, I do also, if you've been together for a while and let's say that one person is maybe, um, struggling financially and the other one has like a really awesome job. I do think that then it becomes maybe more okay for the person with much more money to pay more, more frequently. Um, especially if they're the ones who are suggesting going out more often. I think that that becomes a different issue in itself, but to answer that question, absolutely not. No, men, no. If if you're with someone who makes you pay on the first day, run. Literally run. Yes. And then what you just said, if you're not able to contribute financially as much as the other person or as much as you would like, you can always contribute in other ways. It, it doesn't yeah. always have to be like money. Absolutely. But, yeah. 
that's a really good point as well. Like yeah. maybe maybe one person pays for more things, but maybe you do more around the house as well. Uh, and the other person's cool with that because I know I I would be okay with that deal. Yeah. Um, honestly, I hate doing things around the house. Yeah, um, got some extra chores. Yeah, exactly. The Get the trash yeah. out. <laughs> Fold the laundry. That's a bigger one. Yeah. Oh, my God. Fold I it all. <laughs> procrastinate that so much. I do my laundry Same. and I just, like, fold half of it and the other half I just leave and then it just sits in my room for a week. Yeah, mine is currently in a laundry basket uh, in my wardrobe and it's just waiting, honestly. I just pick things out of it at this point. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting bad. Okay. Um, next question. What is the ideal age to start a relationship? What a good question. I oh. uh, I feel like I feel like I'm I'm – I'm almost not going to be very pop- popular because I keep not giving proper answers, but it depends, okay. doesn't it? <laughs> it depends. I Look, if we're talking when you're in high school or something, um, it also depends on what kind of relationship. Because you know people who, like, they have, like, a relationship or something when they're 12 and they barely speak to the person. Yeah. Um, it's It's different. Like, if we're talking about a sexual relationship, that's also quite different um, to what age you think is appropriate for somebody to enter into a sexual relationship. And again, all those things are very individual and they depend on the age of both people as well, not just the age of one. So like, you know, you could be 17, but if the other person's 24, you know, run, run away. Right. Yeah. That's, you're going to go to jail or the other person is going to go to jail, not you. Yes. Yeah. But yeah. So I guess, it completely depends, but I definitely would say that there is no rush and I really wish that young people, I guess, knew that more. There is, I feel like relationships are sometimes glorified, but realistically there is no rush to get into one. Like you're not really missing out on anything, yeah. to be honest. A lot of people also use it as like a measure of success and they're like, you know, yes. I'm living a life now that I have a girlfriend. Or now that I have a partner, or now that I have like a, a spouse, it's like yeah. there's so much more to life than I than that. I know somebody who thinks that they are just top shit for being married and having a kid and having a house, and I'm just like, really, is that how you define success? Like, I mean, fine if you do, but they compare other people to themselves, you know, outwardly and in a fairly mean way, and I'm just like. Some people just don't care about that. Like some people, like, good on you for getting married young, but couldn't be me. That's, you know, couldn't be me, but good on you. I don't, yeah. Um, Look, whenever is right for you, you don't have to rush it though. You absolutely do not have to rush it. Um, I don't think that there is such a thing as having a relationship too late. There is definitely too young though. I will say that. I think there is definitely too young. like a child. Yeah, like what what are you doing? But yeah. again, those kind of cute little like kitty relationships where you're not really in a relationship. You just go around and say, That's my boyfriend, or that's, that's my, my boyfriend. girlfriend. Like oh, kids. That's, that's kinda cute. But like, yeah, it's not yeah. really it's not real. Yeah. Um, it's not and sorry to anyone who's had a relationship <laughs> that, that's gone on for that long. It it is real at some point, but let's let's face it, it wasn't when you were eight, was it? <laughs> yeah. What about, okay, the next one is what are some deal breakers? Okay, so many. Um, so 
I'll start with a couple that I haven't spoken about, I guess. And one is people not validating your feelings. Validation is such a big one and such a key to, I think, a successful relationship in any way, shape or form. I think that just by acknowledging that somebody is having a certain feeling, it doesn't mean that you're saying that they were right about something. It doesn't mean that you're agreeing with their point of view. It's just you acknowledging that, okay, I've maybe made you feel like this and I'm sorry that I made you feel that way rather than, oh, well, I just, I don't get how you would feel upset over this. You know, there's a big difference. You don't have to get it. You do have to acknowledge it though. You have to acknowledge someone's feeling. You have to validate how they're feeling and why they're feeling that way. And I think that that's just a really big one. And I, for me, it's an absolute non-negotiable. I just, yeah, I couldn't be with someone who didn't do that. What about you? I have a lot. Disrespect, <laughs> lateness, yeah. failure to contribute in any way, not not like uh, doing your fair share of the relationship. But the biggest one for me is disrespect. Like, mm. I think a lot of people would say I would rather be respected than loved. But like, I think I take okay. that to an extreme. Like, I romantic relationship, friends, I don't care. If you don't respect me, I do not want you in my life. Like, at all at all absolutely anyway yeah I actually I really want to touch on lateness as well that you said because that was something that I hate when people are consistently late to things and it's yeah last it's not just like it's I feel like some people just accept that as a quirky personality trait of them like being maybe like half an hour or an hour late but I'm like no you're quite literally disrespecting my time yes you are you are actively saying that your time is more important than my mm-hmm. time by being late. It's just like I can understand if somebody is late once in a while. That's fine. Things happen. Traffic happens. We're all late occasionally to things. Unless you grew up with strict immigrant parents who basically beat <laughs> it into you that uh, you have to be on time, if not half an hour early for things. I'm never late to things. But <laughs> that's a different story. <laughs> but I cannot, yeah, I cannot. I absolutely hate when people are just consistently late because I think, like you said, it just shows blatant disrespect for you and for your time. So when I plan things, I plan things like one to two weeks in advance because I have a very, very, very busy schedule. I have a very packed. I have a lot of stuff to do and I only have so many hours and I I only have so many days where I can do other things. Hmm. So if I can get you like a week or two in advance, that's fine. And then- Like, if we're talking about, like, canceling at the last minute, you've literally just screwed me out of, like, a couple of hours that I could have been using for something else. Absolutely. And I Can I ask, yeah. have your relationships ever been impacted by your gym? Uh, because I feel like a lot of people don't quite understand what we do or how often we do it. Because to them, a workout's like 30 minutes, three times a week type thing. Oh, my God. I, yeah no, I, I kind of wish <laughs> my parent like when I first started my family was like why are you spending so like four hours in the gym and I'm like you guys don't want to know why I'm spending four hours in the gym it's like it, they don't they don't understand they don't like no one really gets why we do what we do four hours is crazy though I, I, I won't yeah. lie that's a it's, long it's time some, it's sometimes with the SUD <laughs> You know, like that shit is like so tiring. You got to just like sit for like 10, 15 minutes. I don't actually think I've ever done an SBD session in my life. Oh my God, they're so um, fun. Aside they're from so, at comp. They're so fun. You should definitely get in on that. 
I feel I get so tired after doing one set of squats. I don't think Aww. I can. I'm so, I'm so unfit for someone who exercises four times a week. By the way, I'm so unfit. I don't. I don't know Me how too. people. Me too. Like forget going up and down the stairs. Like I still get like out of breath. And I absolutely I thought it would be fine. Like after all this time, but I guess not. Yeah. Like I. To be fair, my idea of cardio is when I see eight reps of squats. Though I just I. I quite literally go, this is cardio. This is no longer strength training. This is yeah, just is. testing my heart of, rate. Yeah, that's it all is. it is. If your heart rate is up, you're sweating. That's exactly what happens when you're doing cardio. So it's, it's cardio. You know, it, it, it absolutely <laughs> is. No. Yeah. I, so what about, because you said that you're quite busy. Do you think that impacts your relationships? Yes. Um, yeah? Yeah. And I, I can get like very passive aggressive about this stuff, especially when yeah. someone late even when they're like five minutes late and like it doesn't matter if it was five minutes or an hour you relate mm. you relate that's yeah. like you're, you're eating into someone else's time you're saying that you're yeah. more important just like what you said I feel like um quite often because I I'm very similar I like I do my uni full time and then I've got two other jobs that I do as well um so I have a very packed schedule and then on top of that I also power lift which I usually factor in about like eight hours a week for that, two hours per session. And it doesn't give me a whole heap of free time. And so I do very much value, like when I make plans with somebody, not that that happens actually very, very often because I don't have a heap of free time. But if I do make plans with somebody, I do genuinely expect them to be there at a certain time because otherwise I feel like I could have been doing something else. And my free time is so precious to me because I don't have a lot of it. And I feel like you're probably the same way in that I, I just, I sometimes go, I could have had a sleep in today instead of waiting for you. I yep. could have I could have done so many things. Like I I could have finished the game that I was playing that I was really enjoying, but I had to get ready for this and now you're not here. It just yeah. Yep. So, yeah. Kind of like a very quick little rant. I was out with one yes. of the other day and we were getting sushi and this person is like, "I kind of didn't want to come today. I was about to text you like I don't really feel like going." And on the inside I was like, "What the hell is wrong with you?" Why? Like, why would you do that to somebody? That that's not an excuse. To just to just be like, I don't feel like it. Uh, okay. Look, I have been on the other side of that as well, and I will I will explain that from I guess maybe an introvert's perspective, because I really frequently I make plans in advance, and I really feel like them, but then on the the day I think about just I don't know I think it's an anxiety thing and maybe also an introvert thing but I think about my mental capacity that day and I just go I I feel like I just don't have the mental capacity to do something today and sometimes literally even just leaving the house can be really a big deal when I'm having a bad mental health day and so I I found that for, for me personally I don't know how other people go but for me personally, I have to try to talk myself into going into things some days because I just don't want to do them as well. A lot of that is to do with, yes, um, you know, mental health, anxiety, but sometimes it's also just a, I feel like I'm an introvert until I go out and then I become an extrovert and I have a lot of fun, but it's just the lead up to it. It feels daunting and it just feels like this big chore. I don't know how to explain it. No, it's, I, um, it. I, I understand. Yeah. Completely. I do feel like that sometimes. So like, I'm not going to say that I don't get it, but I know for Mm. a fact this person was just being an ass. Oh, okay. That's a bit mean then. (laughs) That's choose your way. Like I probably wouldn't also (laughs) tell people that I didn't feel like going if I was out with them. That feels a bit aggressive. (laughs) 
Um, if like if that person happens to be listening, hey, do better. It's all right. I would. I've said something already. Don't worry about it. Are you, okay, are you more good. of an introvert or an extrovert or both? It so depends. I think that I am an extroverted introvert, and that like my my recharge time is done at home by myself. But my goodness, when I'm out, I love to be the life of the party and the center of attention. So it's it's such a weird mix. Sometimes it'll just depend on the day. Sometimes I'll just be like, I'm just not in the mood. I want to be like in a corner. And other times I'm just like, this is this is my vibe. This is my thing. I love being out. And it just, yeah, varies wildly. Me what too. about you? Yeah, I can flip between either scenario very easily. But when mm-hmm. I want to go, I want to go. And like mm. I want, I want to I go immediately. It like it happens so quickly, where like I don't want to talk to anybody. I don't want anyone to talk to me. I just want to be left alone. Like if I'm close enough to you, and like I know that you're not going to get offended, I will literally yeah. just tell you to your face, "Can you please stop talking to me right now?" Mm. And like I've done that a few times, and like I I have to be very close to the person to to tell them. Because I know a lot yeah. of people won't take it in like the nicest way because like on it it's not a very nice thing to say. Yeah. But sometimes like you just you, you just feel like it. Like sometimes you feel like I feel, I'm gonna take this out. But sometimes I feel like I'm <laughs> like I, I might have like ADD or ADHD or something where I'm just like yeah. it it just I feel so bothered. I feel like my head spins. I feel like I just wanna like put a big fat blanket on myself and like just disappear like over simulation like all that stuff yeah yeah that I mean it and that's also a very real thing yeah um which is also tough if if you also think that there might be some kind of like a neurodivergence there as well um but you're not certain yeah and you can kind of sometimes be like why do I feel like like because I I get the same way Sometimes the number of people who have told me, especially lately, they're like, oh, like, don't take offense to this, but do you think that you might like be somewhere on the autism spectrum? And I'm just like, why are people saying this to me? First of all, because I hadn't considered it before, but now I'm like, does that, does that make sense? Does that explain some things? I don't know. Yeah. Um, yeah. But um, oh, well, what was the question again? I've completely forgotten. Question, um, introvert, extrovert. Yeah. Yeah. I asked you if you're an introvert or an extrovert. I feel like I had something to say, but now I've completely forgotten. I got too sidetracked. What the original question was? Because <laughs> the there was something about deal it. breakers, and then we got off on like some tangent. <laughs> it was a long tangent, I think. I don't. Really that's remember. okay. I I forgot, but that's okay. Yeah, it's fine. It will come back, and if it comes back, it, just it probably will. <laughs> yeah, I will. But for me, like when I'm very comfortable with the people that I'm around, I I can be. Like a social butterfly, butterfly. Mm. Mm. I feel like oh, now I remember that the the thing I was going to say. Yeah. I feel like um, I've had to message people recently and just just to let them know, like, hey, I'm so sorry, but I don't have the mental capacity for another friend right now. I just don't like, and that feels so mean to say to somebody who is just being nice and reaching out to you and being kind. But I just if another person messages me for serious in-depth talks I'm just gonna like I just I don't have the time in my life and I I strongly mean that like I'm currently doing like about an 80 hour week like I do not have the time 
in my life. I need my downtime as much as possible. And even responding to like just a long message, I can't do it right now. And I feel so bad, but fortunately the people who have said that too have been very, very kind and understanding. And they're just like, yeah, look out for yourself. But it is like, it's something that I do feel bad about saying, and I feel like I shouldn't. Um, Yeah, you shouldn't. But it's kind of like, yeah, it's kind of like you, how you said you only feel comfortable saying that to people that you're very close to. I've had to say that to some people who I don't really know that well. They're just trying to be nice and reach out. And I feel, I feel bad, but at the same time, I'm like, I'm not going to lie to you. And I'm also not going to ghost you because I don't want to do that to somebody. I don't want to just not respond, but I also need you to know that I can't, I cannot do this. I cannot mentally process another thing. I'm sorry, but I can't. Yeah. Honestly, like I wouldn't even apologize. You should, you should always put yourself before other people, your needs, your anything. Because if yeah. you don't, then who will? Exactly. If you don't value your own like mental health and sanity, other people probably won't either. And if you don't yeah. do that to take care of yourself, like how are you going to be there to take care of other people? Absolutely. Because you can't. Yeah. You're just going to end up stretching yourself so thin and you're going to end up worn out. And honestly, you're not going to be a very good friend or partner at that point if you're not taking care of yourself. Okay, I think the next question is, I think this is going to be like a good one. What do you think is the best way to resolve conflicts without getting upset? So, oh, that that is a very good one. And I think that honestly requires a lot of maturity on both parts of a conversation. My personal takeaways for resolving conflict without getting upset are one, validate. Validate the other person's feelings. No matter how you feel in that moment, you validate how the other person is feeling. You tell them, okay, I can understand why you would feel that way. Because just simply saying that is going to make somebody calm down a lot more. And then from there, it's about, so if you're on the receiving end, if you have somebody who is telling you, hey, you've done this to upset me, you need to not take it personally. And what I mean by that is don't make it out to be like, oh, you're always saying I'm doing something wrong or, oh, you're always doing this or, oh, great, now I feel bad. Like take that out of the equation completely. It's not about you, it's about them. If you're on the giving end, like if you're the one saying, hey, you've upset me, I would actually talk about things like, hey, you said this thing that made me feel upset. Because if you, this is something that I learned a long time ago is people can always argue with, no, but I didn't mean to make you upset. But if you talk about how you're feeling about something that they said, no one can argue with how you're feeling because that's how you're personally feeling. Whereas if you go, hey, you did this thing that upset me different. If you go, you did this thing and that made me feel upset. Suddenly it's a very different conversation. And also just don't raise your voice and just think about what you want to say. Cause there's no need to raise your voice. There's no need to be yelling. I understand that sometimes you can get passionate or something, or if you're me and you're like net neutral is to talk loudly, just keep in mind that not everybody wants that as well, that some people feel genuinely bad or threatened by somebody who even speaks loudly. Yeah. And just overall, just honestly, just don't be a cunt. Can I say that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Remember I'm Australian. Sorry. <laughs> oh, it's all right. It's cool. So on top of don't taking it personally, I would like to add, don't yes. react emotionally. Yes. Don't That's such a good make one. the whole thing like a you versus the other person problem make it like a us versus the problem problem yes 
if you're both working on the problem together, it's just going to help you so much because you're both just having an issue. And yes, that issue might just be communication. It might be something, but if you both look at it from a point of view of we're both solving this problem, it becomes a lot less you versus the other person because that's never what it should be. If you're in any type of relationship where you have a problem and you want to fix it, it should never, ever be, I'm going to attack you or, oh, you're attacking me. It should be, we're both going to tackle this problem together. And just not enough people realize that. Yes. And you should also understand what the other person's complaint is. Um, And you you just ask questions, ask questions, ask for clarification, ask, you know, what you did or what you can do. Don't just not do anything because you're like upset at the situation. Yeah. Oh, and also never, ever, ever, ever say, I'm sorry you feel that way. Mm. It's, I'm sorry, I made you feel that way. There is a massive difference. And you can, you just, you cannot say, I'm sorry you feel that way to other people, unless you're being passive aggressive, because that is very passive aggressive thing to say. Um, If you actually want conflict resolution, you do not say that. If you don't and you want to be chaotic, absolutely go for it. Um, I love a chaotic vibe sometimes, but no, we don't. We don't resolve conflict by saying that. that, I mean, I don't know how I feel about that, honestly. Like, I go back and forth on this. Mm. Sometimes I'm like, I don't know if I'm sorry you feel that way is as bad as people make it out to be. Because I've been in that situation where, like, I've thought to myself, I did something and I told the person... That I'm sorry you feel that way, but I wasn't sorry about what I did. Well, being sorry about what you did is different from saying, I'm sorry that the things that I said made you feel that way. And I think that, that, that there is a difference there. I think that sometimes people saying, I'm sorry you feel that way is completely removing any responsibility on your part for making them feel that way. Because I think, you know, we, I think we actually very rarely mean to make people upset. We just do. And I think you still need to apologize for your actions having caused that. And that's why I think it's important to say, I'm sorry that I made you feel that way. Or if it's better, like, I'm sorry that I made you, that my actions or what I said made you feel like that. It doesn't mean that you're sorry for saying it. And I think that there's there's a big difference because you can still think that you didn't do the wrong thing while still feeling bad that you upset somebody else. Yeah. See, very, okay. very nuanced. Yeah. Very yeah, nuanced. I see. Yeah. I see. I've, I've converted now. You just converted me. <laughs> yes yes come to the come to the but, way too much communication side <laughs> yeah but like there have been times where like I've I've wanted to say I'm sorry you feel that way and I mm. haven't I've I never meant it like in a passive aggressive way I never meant it like harmfully I just that's exactly how I meant it like I'm sorry you feel that way mm. because of me I guess is like what I was missing yeah and I think it's a, like some people would hear that and they wouldn't think twice about it. But some people, you know, would have heard that for a long time in maybe a relationship that wasn't super good or maybe in a relationship where somebody was like gaslighting them into thinking that they weren't, um, that their emotions weren't valid. And so I think it's always something you have to keep in mind. But one thing that I respect the hell out of is is, is somebody who can have an opinion, then they can hear how that makes somebody else feel and they go, you're right, I I can do that from now on because I can see how that would upset you. So like, like you just saying, yep, yeah, I'm converted. I just go, and that's, that's as difficult as a conversation needs to be. It's just you going, okay, I like, 
yep, that's a valid way to feel, but this is how I feel on the matter. And then somebody just goes, okay, yep, I understand that. That's like, how beautiful of a conversation is that? Thank you. And it wasn't even hard. It wasn't even hard. It wasn't hard. Yeah. I mean, it's super easy as well. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, you <laughs> Look at like, us talking yeah, know, all right? openly and beautifully. Expert, <laughs> expert, expert in this field. Absolute, like, trailblazers. Yeah. Um, you just said something that, like, sparked a question. Do you have yes. a hard time apologizing to people for, like, doing stuff that you should not have done? Sometimes. I think it's more when I'm in the moment and I all I'm thinking about is myself which I feel like it's a natural initial reaction to have. But I feel like when somebody just says, hey, you said something that made me upset, it's pretty easy for me to be like, holy crap, I'm so sorry. I did not mean that in the slightest. So I think it depends on how the other person approaches me. Like if someone else approaches me in a very aggressive kind of manner, my first thing is I'm being attacked and I need to retaliate or I need to respond by defending myself kind of whereas if somebody comes up to me and they're just like I'll be honest I'm pretty upset because of what you said usually my first reaction will be oh my god no I'm so sorry I didn't mean it like I did not mean it yes um and so it's yeah it's one of those things where if if everyone's calm you're calm but if someone else isn't calm then I will probably have an issue Uh, not not to say that I won't apologize it'll probably just take me a bit longer usually until the conversation calms down because my my conversations usually either start calm and end calm or they'll start a little bit heated and they'll end a bit calm. Um, I always try to steer everything to the calm side as much as we can, even if that's like, let's everyone just take like a 10 minute breather, gather your thoughts, compose yourself, and then let's just come back to this. But so, yeah, sometimes I'll be honest. You? I used to be very bad about apologizing when I was younger because yeah. I used to be very stubborn, but yeah. now as soon as, basically the same thing that you said, as soon as, soon as I realized that what I did was wrong or if I've hurt somebody, I will immediately, I will be the first person to be like, I was wrong. I shouldn't have done that. I'm sorry. And yeah. I am good at apologizing. Like I will always say what I did wrong. I will say, I'm sorry you felt that way. And I will say, I will not do it again. Like yes. I will give the whole apology, not just Can- like, and I'm sorry. Can we actually talk about, because there is a good way to give an apology without just saying I'm sorry, because I'm sorry is sometimes truly not enough. I'm sorry. And I feel like, exactly. You want the person to know that you are listening, that you've understood what you're doing. And then you also want to say, like, I don't know, I usually like to, to, to say, I'm going to try really hard to not let, let to not let that happen again. You know, I don't like to promise many things because yeah. I am worried, especially if something is like a habit that I do that I don't realize and that's upsetting somebody. I don't like to promise, but I do like to say I will do my best to make sure that that doesn't happen again. But if it does, like, please call me out on it or please tell me when it's beginning or something. But absolutely, you want to, you do want to talk about what you're sorry for. I'm sure there are people who are going to hear that and go, oh, this just sounds so tedious. But yeah, like, yeah, you want to actually be listening and be sorry for something. You don't just want to give a blanket, I'm sorry. Because, again, that's minimal effort. That's zero and, effort. Yeah, that's what? That's lazy. That's lazy. It's so lazy. Stop being lazy, guys. And I don't know why some people find it so hard to apologize. That used to be me. Like, I, I used to find it very hard and very uncomfortable to apologize. And then I was like, mm. for what? Like, if you did something wrong, you have to own it. You have to be mature and, like, accept that what you did was something that you should not have done and just 
move on. Hmm. I think a lot of people have issues that stem probably from childhood or from past relationships. And, you know, those, those things are okay, but I do think that people need to be aware of them and be actively working on how to fix them, I guess, because you don't want to be bringing that onto other people. So if you know you have a hard time apologizing, you should be upfront about that. Whereas something actually, something that's a big red flag in a relationship is people who don't think they have any issues. I'm just like, so you do have them. You're just not actively working on them and you're not aware of them. And that's going to be a problem. There isn't a perfect person out there. There's no one that's perfect. But somebody who goes, mm, I don't have any issues. I'm really good at this. I'm really good at this. I'm like, nah, no, you're not. That's a massive red flag. Everyone else. They have so many. Or people who go, no, I've never been to therapy. Just don't see the point of it. I People who have gone to therapy are such a big green flag for me. Yeah. Such a big one. Just because I'm like, at, at the very least, you have spoken about how you feel with somebody else. At the very least. And that in itself is like a big step that I think, honestly, more people need to take. And it just, it helps your life in every way if you do as well. You Um, know what else, like, I realized recently? mm -hmm. A lot of times you probably don't need therapy. You probably just need to, like, clean out the people from your life that shouldn't be there. I'm honestly a big fan of, I think everybody on the planet should have therapy at some point in their lives because we all have some things that we can work on. And honestly, just like a nice judgment-free zone. If you're like me and you struggle to talk to people who are close to you in your life because you don't want to maybe be a burden on them or something, or you don't want to, you just don't want them to see you differently, I guess. Um, Sometimes that can also really help. It's just a really judgment-free zone. Now, of course, I appreciate that, you know, therapists and counsellors and psychologists cost a lot of money sometimes, and that can be a big issue is just access to it. Um, so, yeah. of course, not not everybody can do it. But, you know, those who can just strongly encourage it. But yeah. also, yeah, sometimes you just you just do also have some shit people in your life that you just need to cut out and move on and just go, yeah, that's just not a thing that's working for me anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, a few more questions. Yes. Oh, okay. The next one. What do you think is more important? looks or personality personality that's not even Hmm. I I I have I have never been a person who goes for looks as like my my primary thing because people people change drastically how they look over time and that's fine but if you're with someone for their looks what's going to happen when they turn 40 what's going to happen when you've been together for 10 years and they look nothing like the person yeah that you started dating plastic surgery (laughs) exactly like it's it's just it's a weird thing to go for in saying that yes I do think you still have to be somewhat physically attracted to the person that you're with I'm not saying discount looks entirely but I'm saying you're gonna have a better time if you start going for people with a good personality or one that you like um not necessarily one that matches yours I want to say as well but just a personality that you think is good like somebody that I think is funny is like to me that's just plus 10 points on the looks scale if you're funny like so all those people who don't you know who grew up ugly and had to develop a personality instead (laughs) you're winning in life at the moment they had an advantage that they just didn't know at the time you you just didn't know but being funny is like no it's gold tier of course there are someone with a yeah sense of humor Mm. there are also limits to that though like again i know some people who are really funny but their hygiene is like just so poor that yeah you just know so you know as long as you're just clean like 
get your hair cut and just have a good personality. And your and nails. for those of you, please, sorry, like keep your nails nice and tiny, please. <laughs> like if if those things are longer <laughs> than mine, you, I'm not. I don't. I don't want anything to do with you. Please go. Yes, and file them. Yeah. Invest in a nail file. They're like you can get two for two dollars. You can get a big pack and just file your nails down, please. And wash your hands. The amount of people oh, that use the bathroom without washing their hands is astounding. If I ever saw that, that would make me leave instantly. Yep. Instantly. That's such a quick no. Yeah. There's there's so many, but yeah, no personality, personality, absolutely. Trump's personality. looks every time. Oh, you can always change the way someone looks, but you cannot change their personality. Yeah, that much. And and I'm sure we've all met someone who's ridiculously attractive, but because they've always been r- ridiculously, yeah, I'm like, there's just, there's, there's, there's nothing up there and they're just not interesting. And you just go, oh, okay, so that's, that's the end of that conversation. And it just, I don't know. Also, I feel like attraction like grows over time. It does. Yeah. And I think it stems from it just having a really good connection with someone. It doesn't just, it's not just... I find this person attractive. Now I'm going to date them and hope that our personalities mesh. Although at the same time, sometimes that is the way that you find that you like somebody is you think they're attractive, you go and talk to them, and then you find out that they also have a good personality and then you start to like them more. Yeah, so, but definitely, like, what do you expect someone's going to look like when they're 80? Because they're probably not going to be the hottest thing you've ever seen in your life. I'm not going to lie. And if they are good for you, fantastic. I hope that's me one day. Um, but, yeah, personality every time. Yeah, I would agree with you. Mm. Um, opposites attract or repel? I'm going to go out on a limb here and actually say, oh, actually, no, this isn't going to be out on a limb. This is going to be very typical of me for this whole conversation. It depends what it yeah. is. It depends. <laughs> Because some things you really want someone who is the opposite of you. You know, like I, for example, I get really bad parking anxiety. Like I hate parking my car in the city or something. I, I hate not knowing where I'm going to park. This sounds so ridiculous, right? If you if you get it, you get it. I couldn't be with someone who also had parking anxiety because how are we ever going to get somewhere? So in that regard, I would need somebody who was a lot more confident, who was a lot just more like, yeah, I will just, I will drive places where you don't know what what the parking is like. Whereas I wouldn't want someone who is opposite to me in a sense that their end goal is kids, for example, where mine is not. I like I personally do not want children. That like that's just that's a weird that's that's an opposite thing, but it's that would be a weird combo. And at the end of the day we would both be unhappy because one of us would have to make the ultimate sacrifice for our happiness. And that's just not that's just not it. So it depends in what regard. Um, opposite communicators, probably not. That's probably not going to work. Like if you're aggressive and you're with someone who's passive, it's probably just not going to work very well. And the, the, the passive person is probably just going to honestly end up feeling like crap. And the aggressive person is probably going to end up just feeling like they're not listened to. So, yeah, depends. It depends. But I will also say... That when I've been with people who are like very different to me in when it comes to personality, sometimes I've felt a little bit uncomfortable. For example, okay. like I've been around people who are way more talkative than I am. And I can be okay. talkative. Like if, if I'm in the mood or if the, you know, if the vibe is right, if the people are right, mm. I can talk. I can talk and talk and mm. talk. But sometimes I don't really want to. Sometimes I just want to listen or sometimes I just want to chill. 
without having to like talk that much and then Mm. you know if if I'm with someone who is more talkative I might feel pressured to like you know participate more and that's just going to make me uncomfortable so if it's something like that I don't know I would prefer to be with someone who's more similar to me than different but if you're Mm. the same as me I think that's not going to work because sometimes I think like if I ended up with someone who was exactly like me that would be a disaster. Absolutely. Yep. Like, I I have a friend who's actually um, the most similar person to me, I think, on this planet that I've met so far anyway. And there's just, like, there could never be anything that happens there because we are basically the same person and that would just be such a problem. You do need someone who is different from you but in the right ways because yeah. you can also, if you're the same, you two are never going to grow together. You're never going to learn from each other. Whereas if you are different, if you're different people, you can adapt the best parts of yourselves for the other person. So like, for example, um, I was with somebody who they were very calm. They were very collected. Um, They were very, I guess, passive. And I was very aggressive, right? I was that kind of person. I was a bit hot-headed what we ended up doing was balancing each other out quite nicely where I became a lot more mellow and they became a lot more just assertive, I guess, where they were suddenly able to stand up for themselves in situations. Um, And I was able to just, I guess, think a bit more clearly and just instead of just reacting and getting emotional to a situation by getting a bit angry, I would instead just kind of go, let me actually think about this and how I want this to come out. So yeah, in that regard, like, some people who are opposite to you can absolutely, it can be this beautiful thing where you both just balance each other out. You take the best parts of each other and you maybe adapt them and you meet somewhere in the middle and you end up being a better per- a better person because of it. And I think that that's what people mean when they say opposites attract is like you get someone who can genuinely help you be a better person because that should be the goal, right, is to be a better person every single day. Hopefully, that's your goal. Yeah. This is going to be the last question. And okay. it says, is it ghosting if you guys never met? Um, Look. Mm, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say yes, but. Because there is a but. It depends how long you've been speaking for. There are times when you'll, you'll speak to people for like a month and it'll be every day and it'll be long paragraphs or something. And if you've been talking to somebody for that long and taking up that much of their time, I do think you kind of owe them at least a little bit of an explanation, even if it's just, hey, sorry, I'm not feeling this anymore. Bye. Hmm. Which I know can be like scary to send or something. You don't know how someone's going to react, but at least they get closure from it. Whereas if you haven't been talking for very long and if it's just a bit like chill, you know, I honestly don't think, I don't even see a problem with just not speaking to them again. Sometimes you just don't feel it. Like you don't owe people an explanation, but I do think it's a kind thing to do if you have been speaking for a long time, basically. Yeah. Um, I think a good way to put it is if you have like some type of a personal connection, then maybe you should Mm. have them. (laughs) Mm. But like if you don't really care about this person and you know that this person doesn't really care about you, then, you know, it's fine. Just move yeah. on. Go ahead. Yeah. I would. I do know people though. To... I do know people who have been ghosted after like literal dates though in person. And I'm just like, just don't do that. Just any type of explanation will do. 
I'm married. I'm not interested anymore. I am in the hospital. I had a car crash on the way home. Whatever <laughs> lie you have to make up, I honestly wouldn't even care. It's just about telling them. It's just about just a little bit of closure, you know? Yeah. that's. I think mm. that's one of the few instances where lying is okay. Yeah. Like even just say something like, oh, like I've been on a couple of dates with somebody else and I just feel more of a connection with them. Even if that's a total lie, even if you just hated them, even if you met them and you just thought, nah, they are ugly. They are boring. I cannot see myself with this person at all. And you don't want to say that. Yeah. That's like, I don't care if you lie about that. Spare my ego, please. I can't handle that kind of rejection actually. (laughs) So please, please lie if that's the case. If I'm hideous and I'm boring, please, please don't tell me. Also, there's no way that the other person is going to know that it's a lie. So exactly. you can't really lose. You can't lose in that situation. Yeah. And the worst you're doing is like sparing feelings. I do think that white lies are very different from like the big lies. That sometimes they're necessary just to spare someone's feelings. Yeah. Okay. Hmm. So I, that is the end of the questions. And it looks like that's also the end of this episode. I would like to say what number episode this is going to be, but I have no idea. So that's to be determined. I had a lot of fun. I did too. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being on. And thank you everyone for sticking around for this long. And I will talk to you guys later.